Good evening and welcome. It's Thursday night. You may be saying, what the heck is an Independence Gang show, regular show, doing on a Thursday night? Well, everything's been topsy-turvy since Britt and I started doing this paranormal paranormal show in uh, conjunction with this show. Things are all amiss, but we're here tonight and we're happy to be here tonight because there's a lot to talk about. We've got Trish co-hosting. Thank you, Trish, for stepping in and doing that. You do a great job when you join us. We appreciate it. And we've got Kimberly and Andy's back for a second appearance on the show. Andy, I don't know know if it's just that I was uh, so persistent in getting you back that you finally said yes or you enjoyed yourself whichever way it is we're happy to have you here again oh it's so good to be with you guys again no I absolutely loved it it's been a crazy week going into the holidays especially in the radio industry but no it's fun I love you guys it's good to be back with you guys well thank you and Kimberly tech problems aside you got here so we're, we're happy to have you and uh, you don't look that frustrated even though you were throwing out four-letter words when you first connected I did not. I know. Well, I heard him. Whether you said him or not, I heard him. <laughs> anyway. I probably thought them. Yeah, you were probably thinking them. Hey, everybody. JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Uh, welcome to everybody as people file in. As you probably have figured out already, we're on our fourth YouTube suspension on the Independence Gang channel. So the program is not uh, streaming there, and we apologize for that. I know there are still some folks that prefer that platform. I'm not sure why, given their attitude about things, but hey, I understand it's easy to use at times. So I hope you found your way to another one of these great platforms that we're on. As uh, as we get ready to talk about some pretty heady stuff here, there's some actually really interesting things happen happening. We all know what's going on with Elon Musk and Twitter. I think we've all gotten a little bit of this information. I want to quickly, before I start with the news stories, go around the panel here and get an idea of about what pe- people think about this in general. Kimberly, what are your thoughts on this uh, Elon Musk Twitter battle that seems to be heating up? Um, I think I'm enjoying, you know, sitting back eating popcorn, watching the left's head explode a little. I mean, they're freaking out. Somebody actually said, oh, it's comparable. It's going to be like World War Three. It's going to destroy everything. I'm like, Dude, really? No, that's the demented old Muppet you elected into office that's going to cause that. But uh, yeah, that's so that part's fun. I don't know what's going to end up happening, but it's been, you know, it's been nice to just sit back and watch. Andy, what do you <laughs> think? The show. What do you think? Is this going to result in World War III? Uh, I, I think it's going to come something. They're not going to take his offer trying to buy out Twitter, that's for sure. Uh, look, I mean, Elon Musk is offering 30% of what the value of the company actually is. When Before he even bought into the company, it was right around 35 to $37 a share for the company. Now it's he's offering $54 for crying out loud. And uh, they realize that they didn't get him by locking him into the board and capping him at 4.5% of what he can actually own of the shares of the company. So now they're scared of what he could do. They're not going to do it. They already came out with some of the shareholders, the, the what is it, the Prince of Saudi Arabia, saying that, well, you know, the company is worth way more than what he's even offering. 
when it's never been this high before in its existence as a company already on the public uh, on the public dime. But no, they're not going to take it, and they're going to use that excuse saying that it's valued more while they try and realize that, wait a second, he's going to shake up the entire system because if he takes over Twitter, there are two major media platforms. That is Facebook and that is Twitter. And if he takes over Twitter, that opens up an entire Pandora's box of free speech that the left doesn't want, and that puts them, them into a frenzy. So, yeah, they're not going to take it. They're going to find some excuse to try and back out of it. And uh, I think it is. It's going to cause some issues in the social media world for a while. Trish, uh, one thing they're not going to do is outsmart Elon Musk. I don't think that's going to happen, first of all. Secondly, isn't it uh, amazing how afraid these liberals are at having someone challenging their ideas with words. Isn't that simply amazing? Well, it, it it's funny because they love their specific flavor of fascism, right? And now that's what they're all complaining about now is that Elon is going to take over and he's going to destroy everything. So just for example, because I too today, I was enjoying the leftist Twitter meltdown. It was absolutely glorious. Um, so I wanted to share one in particular that I really, really enjoyed. And I know that y'all are going to feel the same way. So Max Boot, one of my personal favorites. Oh, yeah. As you all know, I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media, anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Now, I don't know about any of the rest of you, but does it not? strike you as odd that we need more more censorship to be a democratic society it's it's just it's absolutely mind-boggling to me that you have the left simping for censorship it just it's absolutely insane to me and i i honestly think i agree with andy i do think the board is going to turn them, him down and if they do i think they're going to get themselves in a crap load of trouble because the whole point of the board of directors is to make the most fiduciary responsible decisions for the stockholders this is a really good deal they're going to make a shit ton of money off of this which is what exactly what the board should be doing for their for, for the for the company but they're not going to want to because it's elon so I, I i am looking forward to seeing what chaos happens because of this yeah and seeing max boots tweet there it's i mean there's so many things wrong with it first of all it, it demonstrates the panic they have about people challenging their ideas having debates about their ideas their ideas do not stand on their own when they're challenged and the fact that he would consider uh censorship integral to democracy is just it just blows my mind that any any honest free-thinking individual could make that connection. And that's that's the thing that's most scary about this. Well, in this, with this in mind, I mean, this whole conversation and this whole Twitter battle started because Twitter effectively went to war with conservatives on their platform. They ban them. They shadow ban them if they don't outright ban them. They suspend them. They delete them for the most trivial of things while you can find equally egregious and in some cases even more egregious things happening on the left and they get to continue to have those things well this is kind of ironic twitter's uh suspended libs of tiktok now libs of tiktok basically just replays and and, and retweets or in the case of tiktok redisplays on tiktok uh content that liberals have put up there much of it is absolutely hilarious because it's so ridiculous, but it's their own words. It's their own tweets. It's the things that they allow to remain on their platform. And because somebody is showing those things, I don't think they comment on them. I think they just show them, right? 
Do they come? Does anybody well, they know? Do, they do comment. They do comment sometimes. And just so you know, they are back. They got their account back a couple hours ago. Yeah, it was like a 12 hour suspension. But the fact that they just replay the absurdities of the left and that got them suspended. I mean, this is a whole new level, Kimberly, of censorship. I I love that account, too. It's so it's hysterical. I mean, it's disturbing at the same time as it's hysterical. Um, how are you? I, I, I can't even explain the mindset behind people like Twitter. I mean, I'm banned on Facebook on a regular basis. I'm only on there for local stuff, but I'm banned like, you know, and when I, I got unbanned today and my my first thing I did was put up a picture of somebody flipping it with, with the middle finger saying, fuck you, Facebook. So, but Twitter, I, I kind of don't understand the mindset. Like if you, exactly what they're doing, they're, they're sharing actual words from their own people and they're banning that the, the the libs of tiktok they might comment but it's not anything usually out of line comment you know it's adding a comment but it's not a, a violating any kind of terms of service um I, I just i don't i never have any issues on twitter other than you know like they've taken away you know thousands of followers shadow banned but I know a lot of people who get banned all the time or get suspended or whatever for minor stuff. And meanwhile, you have actual people on the left who threaten others with violence and nothing, absolutely nothing happens. Uh, I want to read a quote from Twitter's policy here, Andy, and, and, and Trisha is going to actually have something in her segment um, that is going to, we're going to come back to this quote, but Twitter says, um, their hateful conduct policy states you may not promote, promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, re religious affiliation, age, dis age, disability, or serious disease. There's nothing about politics in here, but either way, that encompasses a lot. Yet, the Ayatollah and the Iranian government is, is on Twitter. Uh, I think the CCP is on Twitter. Uh, there are a lot of hate groups on the left that are still on Twitter and spewing their hate. Well, you got to remember, I mean, they got to be in the click. This is a progressive, predominantly white group of individuals who are extremely left who love their echo chamber. And if they're spewing hate, then it's justified because they're fighting the oppressors. You got to remember the conservative white individual or even minority, if they're the, the Uncle Tom, quote unquote, that, you know, sides with the wrong side because they just don't understand where they really come from sort of mentality from the left. They're in their echo chamber. So if they threaten or if they're angry, then it's justified. If we're angry, then we're a bunch of angry Nazis about to blow somebody up. So that's the way their mindset works. So you have professors that can say that NRA members need to be shot. Totally cool. You got Madonna, you know, who didn't say it on Twitter, but she said it during, a, you know, a, a major rally saying that she can blow up the White House. Totally cool. You got all these progressives that spew hate nonstop and it's totally fine. But if we get frustrated by anything, then we're about ready to blow because we're the ones clinging to our guns and our Bibles and we're the threats to society. Although, and I'm sure you already know this, that there hasn't been really a major mass shooting or anybody from the right. It's always been from somebody on the left that's just finally snapped from their ideology. So you got to be in the click in order to do it. But we have the rules for thee, not for me. It goes for Washington and it goes for the rules on social media, apparently. Yeah. One more question, Trish, about this Twitter thing, and then we'll change the topic here. But does it matter? Does Twitter matter anymore? 
I mean, I almost oh, think God, that no. most most Twitter activity is just media types reading each other's tweets and putting them on television and during their news stories. And really, it's not it doesn't have the reach into middle America that maybe it used to. Yeah, no, Twitter. Let's be honest. Since Trump left, Twitter is boring. It's just a bunch of leftists circle jerking each other. That's all it is. It's it's literally it's horrible. I mean, look at Twitter is so hypocritical. I lost my main account as you all know, because I called a white liberal woman, dude. <laughs> so I got bad. banned from Twitter because that was hateful conduct. And I kid you not, just the other day, a woman tweeted and I reported it because it was awful to a Republican lawmaker. She said, you're only pro-life because you want to rape babies. I reported it and Twitter said it was not a violation. So I get permanently banned for saying, dude, someone other late, some white leftist from California can say, you're only pro-life because you want to rape babies. And that's perfectly okay. So listen, Twitter, it's a, it's a freaking free for all. There are no rules. If you are on the right, anything you say is hateful, anything. You could say the sky is blue and they would ban you for misinformation because today the sky's not blue. It's, you know, it's, you know, whatever, azure. You know, they, they will make up some stupid reason to ban you. So no, Twitter is just boring. It's just a bunch of leftists all patting each other on the back, telling each other how oppressed they are and how that one day Mr. Biden's going to make everything OK for them. Well, Mr. Biden may have tried to take a giant first step in their direction today because the Biden administration released its equity action plans for the federal government today. Now, I saw this article sometime around 5 p.m. Eastern here, and I started reading it. It says more than 90 federal agencies released a series of equity action plans Thursday with the aim of advancing President Joe Biden's ambitious equity and racial justice agenda. And as I was reading through the article, it talks about, it had an actual link to a uh, a whitehouse.gov page, which had a YouTube video on it of a two-hour uh, I don't know, a Zoom call, basically, of all of these different administrators, these uh, the cabinet secretaries and other administrators throughout the federal government, each taking a turn discussing what their department is going to do to advance this racial uh, and equity agenda. And I thought, okay, great, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to start listening to this, and I'm going to have cuts to play tonight. Uh, well, I didn't realize it was going to be over two hours. So I started listening to it. This thing is going to take me a week to go through. And the number of cuts I'm going to come out with at the end of the, my listening and editing, we're going to probably have to do a week-long special just to cover this stuff. So what I want to do here is I just want to kind of scratch the surface because people need to be aware. We are talking about regulatory agencies that have the ability to create regulation and rules for different different sectors of our economy and our country and our schools and all of the other things that affect our healthcare, all of the other things that affect our lives. They can do this without congressional oversight. They can do this without the president even okaying it. They just issue orders. Pay attention to what's going on. I did look at the uh, at the website, White House. It's actually wh.gov slash equity. Go there if you get a chance. Each department is listed. You can click on it and read their action plan. And I did watch much of the video. And what I saw was a parade of buffoons 
We have the biggest group of buffoons leading the federal government right now. These people, they probably wouldn't get a job at a community college if they had to actually apply for it and interview for it. And they're running the nation. I just want to, I pulled up a couple quick cuts, or not cuts, but pages from the, uh, from what's on the White House webpage. Like, here's an example. Department of Homeland Security. And if you just go down to the highlighted part, it says the DHS is focused on addressing the threats that underserved communities face, especially from racially motivated domestic violent extremism. Things that are meant to intimidate or, cor or coerce specific populations on the basis of their ethnicity, national origin, religion, gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or political views. Kimberly, do you think the Department of Homeless Homeland Security was thinking all of those things as Frank, what's his name? Frank James? Is that the shooter? Frank James, Frank James yeah. was spewing his hate that we're going to talk about later uh, when Trish has her segment on YouTube and other places. Do you think they were worried about that? Oh, of course not. Of course not. That wasn't a hate crime. Are you kidding? Neither was the guy who drove through the crowd of people in um, Waukesha. Wisconsin. Yeah. That wasn't a hate. Waukesha, sorry. I didn't want to say it wrong um no 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 only we white people can be extremists and terrorists and racist you you know that right i mean that's that's exactly what they're gonna push I, i'm sorry but this is the, the black community has been committing acts of violence against anyone who isn't straight and black for years i've talked about it before read the book white girl bleed a lot they have been doing this for years. This is nothing new. They've just been more um, enabled and encouraged because of over the past few years, oh, it's all black lives, black lives matter. You can riot, you can loot. No one's gonna do anything. Oh, white people, they hate you, they hate you. The whole system is racist, racist, racist. Now you're seeing all kinds of massive crimes. They're, they're reporting. There's a whole bunch more they're not reporting because this has been going on for years. It's just so bad now they actually are being forced to report it. Yeah, and if you pull up the action plan from DHS, here's one of the bullet points. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you skip down, I didn't highlight it here. I'm going to read it for you. DVEs, domestic, domestic violent uh, extremists, are motivated by various factors, including racial bias, and among DVEs, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, including white supremacists, will likely remain the most lethal DVE movement in the homeland. Andy, we touched on it already. I mean, thank goodness uh, there are those things aren't happening. Thankfully, they're not happening. The ones that are happening do not seem to be white supremacists to me. They're not. Look, they know that their agenda has been exposed. And we talked a little bit about this, I think, last time a couple of weeks ago, is that their agenda has been exposed. So they're trying to ram it through as quickly as possible. And they know that the soft, tender spot of American democracy, if you want to call it that, really constitutional republicanism, but we get what we're talking about here, is that is racism. It is the race card. So what they're trying to do is trying to create that false flag. Look at the extremism. Look at the Nazis. Look at the uh, domestic terrorists. Look at the uh, state militias, all the white, again, white conservative Republicans that are clinging on to their guns and their Bibles. They are the threat to America. We do realize, by the way, that uh, quote-unquote uh, white skinheads, white extremists, they're less than like 2% of the extremists in the nation already. We literally have 11, at least we did a couple years ago, 11 different watched terrorist 
hotspots in the state of Colorado alone where the federal government was watching radical Islamic extremists actually have training camps in the state of Colorado. They're not being mentioned in this. All they're talking about are the white people because they're the threat, although we're not really the threat to America. But if we can create that false sense to have that idea being focused on us, then all the other stuff, remember, this goes back to their deep ideology that there's no such thing as reverse racism. If a minority hates a majority based on their skin color, it's not racism. It's just justified because of the oppression that they've gone through. So anything that they do is completely justified, which is why you had the vice president before she was the vice president actually fundraising to bail out Black Lives Matter protesters after they were violent and burning down half the cities and beating people up in the streets. That was okay. But if a person of our skin color does something, then by golly, we're the white radical extremists that's clinging to their guns and Bibles from the right side. It won't surprise you, Trish, to know that it was Susan Rice that organized this and coordinated the presentation in this two-hour-plus video. Uh, I'm going to show one more screen from the DHS's version of their action plan. You can comment on that and then take it to what you want to talk about. But don't forget that this is not just race that they're very, very concerned about. This says ensure this. their action plan is to ensure underserved communities are equitably served in airport screenings. And if you go down to the, the highlighted part here, it says currently on-person screening technology is limited to the binary gender construct, which may lead to additional and sometimes more invasive screening for transgender or gender non-conforming individuals. Inflation hit eight and a half percent. People can't afford gas in their cars. Our federal government is playing narrow with a fiddle as Rome burns. Absolutely. Listen, this, this is all typical of, you know, this is Obama's third term. And the fact that Susan Rice was in charge of this does not surprise me at all, because we all know Susan Rice is running the White House. Not Joe Biden, not Kamala Harris, Susan Rice, ladies and gentlemen. That is my, that is my, that is my prediction of who is actually running the White House right now. Um, yeah, they, they are going to do anything they can. Even Biden today that said that Putin is responsible for 70% of the inflation. I'm like, old man, what the fuck are you talking about? That inflation was going through the roof before he ever invaded Ukraine. So I listen, the guy's shaking hands with nobody on the stage and looking around because he doesn't even know where to go. So we know that he's not home. He's just reading a script, being told what to say. And Susan Rice is the one who's writing it. And she's writing this crap too, which honestly, I, and just case in point, the minute that they say that there is a binary group and there's a non-binary group, you have just created a binary situation. So I okay. <laughs> just saying it's, it's just, it is what it is. All right. So anyway, so since you led into that so nicely for me, um, I have a video um, speaking of the lovely gentleman who shot up everyone in the subway. Um, I found this video, Drew Hernandez posted this on Twitter, and I of course had to take a screen grab of it. And it's a minute and 24 seconds. So I apologize. It's a little tiny bit long. But I would just like you to listen to the gentleman, the black gentleman, as CNN referred to him, which I loved, the black gentleman um, who committed this horrible crime in New York City. So, JB, before, before I play this video, and I know we do occasional, occasionally let a, an F-bomb fly out on this program, this video is laced with F-bombs and other very disgusting language. So if you're easily offended by that, Turn your volume down until the video's over. I just want to give people a fair warning because this guy is rude. Here we go. Blacks and whites, so-called, should not even be in the same hemisphere. I would have to forfeit my life uh, 
in order to respond to these bitches and to put them in their fucking proper place. If she want to put me in my place, you have a place too, bitch. And that's a white or black bitch. Shit talking bitch. You have a place too, motherfucker. And that's off this fucking planet. That's off this earth, whore. You are a crime against nature and life, motherfucker. There's no there's no other way to talk about it. What do you what do you contribute to life on this earth again? Say this for a 50 million times. What do you contribute to life on this planet? Stinking white or black bitch. And the answer is nothing. But shit, piss, and pollution. That's your fucking contribution. And that's all you contribute to life here. It's shit, piss, and pollution. So why the fuck are you alive? You're a fucking parasite. You're a life-sucking parasite that contributes nothing here. What the fuck are you talking about? Prove what to you? Except that I can do something unfortunate that I don't want to do to you. And this is what bitches are begging for. You want to tell me that this heinous crime was not somehow driven by hate against women? I mean, his, his whole YouTube page, which of course YouTube took down immediately. Now that was off YouTube. He was actually responding to a woman who had made a comment on one of his other YouTube posts. So YouTube was allowing this to be up, but yet takes us down because we dare talk about, you know, the election not being, you know, 100% <laughs> legit. So this is the kind of crap that just goes everywhere. So, um, so before I give you a little bit of background, because I did some little, little snooping about our friend, Mr. James, Kimberly, I'll start with you, Kimberly, because as a, you know, as a fellow bitch, I feel like you should be the first one to talk here. So what do you think of our friend, Mr. James, and his ideas about women? Oh, so first of all, I use far worse language than that on a daily basis. So <laughs> I just... I was expecting way worse than what we saw in that video. Um, yeah, he's he's got some serious issues. And I thought it was just, again, I, I knew, I hadn't looked much into it, but I knew he had issues against white people and probably everybody else who's not black. Um, but he's got some severe anger, hate issues. And the problem is he acted on them. Um, and he, I know he has a record and you probably have more information on that, Trish. Um, but his record isn't even as long as some of the other people we've seen before, right? You know, that are constantly in and out of jail in and out of prison, violent. So, and I can't believe that was on YouTube and all that, it was allowed to stay there. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. That kind of crap can stay on YouTube where the man is basically threatening someone, telling them they should be dead. And we exactly, you know, some we get banned for something else. That's this is this is yeah. the problem with like YouTube, Facebook, all these social media sites. And I don't know. I, I think we're gonna end up finding out more about this guy if they if we can still find it or really get it released, but definitely uh some i don't even know if it's mental health it's just internal anger well it's not even internal it's definitely external, no, his, it's external. Um, his, his entire youtube page was full of what you would expect um he was a black supremacist um he was a muslim um so this uh, this might explain our hate of women um 
and his hate of white people in general. I mean, it was it was very I mean, some of the comments he made in some of his videos, like um, talking about how black people were once and I'm quoting here, quote, black people were once the human form of energy slave in this country. And we did the actual work that white people ha should have to do. Like, OK, wait, yeah, dude, that's not you. That was 150 years ago. So this guy has a lot of deep-seated anger for things that didn't happen to him. That it's just a bit, yeah, it was, it, some of the stuff in his videos was just, I mean, in his posts on Facebook that they all took down, he had several Facebook pages that they took all of those down as well. Um, but a lot of his Facebook pages were all threats of violence, you know, like, I like you, I think you, I will kill you last, was one of the posts that he made on March 22nd of 2013. That's been up on Facebook since 2013. Like, this is the kind of crap that we're having to deal with these social media companies who won't address actual threats of violence, you know, and, but I call somebody dude, I get banned. So there you go. So Andy, what have you heard about this story? I'm interested to hear your take because I'm sure you've probably heard more than I have. Well, no, yeah, this is, I mean, it's fascinating, but there's a deeper core issue here that you guys have touched on, and it's all very accurate. The fact that this identity politics, imagine being so consumed by anger and rage that has been fed to you your entire life. Someone, an entity, a group, a government, whoever has put a glass ceiling over you to give you social programs to say, this is how you're going to live. This is the farthest that you can go. And if you try to go outside of that, it's not because we're keeping you there. It's because this other group over here won't let you go anywhere because it's a, it's a country seated with racism and seated with hatred and seated with bigotry and seated with Nazism and white supremacy and so on and so forth. So if you're angry, then blame them. Then you have the religious aspect on top of it. That, yeah, is uh, that kind of feeds into that even more with the radicalization. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, all Islam or Muslims are radical in any way, shape, or form, because there's a lot of them that I do know and that I absolutely love. But when you have already a built-in hatred of society to some degree, that's the perfect individual to be radicalized for any into, uh, any religious institution to be like, hey, let's just build upon that to make you even angrier. No one's looking at that because, again, well, hey, he's a minority, so therefore he's a victim to society. Imagine, look how quickly the media dropped this. This should be the headline that's still talked about for the next 24 hours on the news or the next two days or the next three days of what's going on here. Once they found out that he was a minority, once they found out that he was a Muslim, the media went silent. They started talking about yeah. Trump having potential health issues and not wanting to run for president in 2024 again. That was the headline instead of something like this where however many 20 some odd people ended up getting shot and injured. Luckily, nobody died in this, but they dropped the story because of this identity politics garbage that they fed and they put people in so many different identity politics boxes that the left is about to implode because now you have different minorities going at each other's throats. You have the different genders going at each other's throats and they don't know how to contain it because they call it themselves and now they don't know what to do well in 2019 the fbi had contact with mr james and um as i'm sure that you all have figured out the fbi decided that he was not any kind of threat and um he was then no longer followed so i know that's going to come as a big shock to everybody that the fbi once again had this person had a violent person in their grasp and they let him go once again. So what do you think about this JV? I'm curious. Well, this guy had, a, this guy had a, had a pretty long rap sheet, sheet, if I remember correctly. And there are many brush brushes with the law that uh, they probably could have figured out this guy 
whether it was mental instability or just pure hatred, I'm not sure. But either way, they 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 had enough information to know this guy had to be watched, to, to know this guy had to uh, have some kind of scrutiny, and they just. They just ignored it. Again, how, how much of this is, has to do with the fact that our DOJ, our Department of Justice, is focused on what we were just talking about, white supremacists and, and parents at school board meetings? You know, how much, how much of our resources are going to funneling illegal immigrants all around the country uh, instead of going to uh, protecting Americans? I mean, the, the entire... Uh, the entire apparatus of the federal government is being pointed in the wrong direction and things are like this are happening. And I'll also point out, as Andy uh, just mentioned, how much of this is due to the fact that the federal government at every single level has been telling Americans, particularly minorities, that white people are evil and this nation is evil. That makes people become radical. And they act out because of it. And we're seeing it happen. And how much of this falls on on the uh, doorstep of the media? People like Joy Reid, who come on TV every night and tell us how racial, uh, how racially unjust this nation is. These people have a lot of blood on their hands, and it's only just beginning. I mean, Kimberly, you mentioned the Waukesha incident. There's the the incident in uh, L.A. or uh, Sacramento that just took place. There's the um, there's several. I can't I can't recall them all now, but they're all fitting the same narrative, and they're yeah, not Sacramento white supremacists. Barely got a blip. Yeah, and they're white, yeah, and they're Sacramento not white supremacists. Was nowhere on the media. I didn't hear anything about the Sacramento incident except on Twitter. The only place I saw it. Never saw it on the news here. Never once. Let's throw another curveball on this real quickly as well, too. This happened the exact same week that the Biden administration is trying to throw in gun regulations about how we need more government oversight on firearms in the Second Amendment with background checks for private transactions of firearms and to ban ghost guns when the federal agencies that were watching a guy that was on a terrorist watch list that shouldn't have had firearms failed miserably while we're trying to increase more government programs to get rid of firearms for the safety of the nation. We can't even stop the guys that shouldn't have them in the first place because they're already under the watch of the government. This happened, didn't this happen, I believe, the day after Grandpa came out and said, I want to ban, um, so he, basically, guns. he wants Ghost to guns. ban. Ghost uh, guns. And, well, and, yeah, and he wants to go for the all semi-automatic rifles oh, yeah. and the standard capacity magazine. We have to use the proper language because there's no such thing as the things he's saying. Um, it always seems to happen when they're trying to push for gun control. But I think... They've always they always lose on this. I think they'll still lose big, and it's going to harm them because there were over five million brand new gun owners last year alone. Two million of them are women. So you know we saw people see the chaos of you know all the riots that happened during the pandemic when we were supposed to be all masked up and inside. They saw all the riots of that. They saw people being attacked. We see all the crime that's being unleashed on this country now because of all these uh, AGs that just let let them loose and all the bail, bail reform that has miserably failed or intentionally worked the way it was supposed to, depending on how you look at it. Um, so I, I think they'll fail on that, but don't I, I wouldn't be surprised. You're you're exactly right, Andy. When you said earlier they're going to try to shove through everything they can, because and that's exactly what they're going to do from now until November. Don't be surprised if um, 
COVID comes back and they have to shut us all in, shut us down, make us wear masks and mail-in ballots. They're going to try that again. Kimberly, or Trisha, do you want me to take it? Oh, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, okay. So one thing I forgot in my litany of things that uh, could be uh, contributing to this phenomenon that come from our federal government and the Democrats specifically is the defund the police movement, and that was huge too. You've got policing... Uh, taking a a back seat, basically. There's no more uh, proactive policing. Police are afraid to engage. They back away, and that is a, a result of the George Floyd uh, incident and the aftermath. So that's another giant uh, reason these things are happening, and it's again, falls squarely on the doorstep of the Democrats. Couple other things. You're talking about diversions. You know, talking about the Second Amendment possibility here. You also have to remember that what happened at the same time this was going on in New York State, the de- Democrat lieutenant governor got arrested for bribery. So there's another thing these folks could be trying to distract from. There's so so many things that you look at and you're like, this can't be coincidence. I also want to tell Foxhole, yes, we are live. I know it's a Thursday, but yes, we are live. And I want to thank uh, L.A. Martinez for the contribution on Foxhole. Thank you very much. Now, talk about the inmates running in the asylum. Almost literally, this story, I'm going to just put it up there and say, who the hell did not see this coming? Two pregnant at New Jersey women's prison that's housing trans inmates. So New Jersey, in its wisdom, decided to allow male prisoners who identify as female, even if they haven't had the hormones, treatments, and the surgeries, to be housed in female prisons. And within a year, this only started last year, there's already two female prisoners that are pregnant, Kimberly. Please tell me this doesn't shock you. Um, I don't know how this is even possible because that trans woman is probably a lesbian. So there's no way that she <laughs> could get them pregnant. <laughs> um, hey, I, you know, at least it was seems like it was consensual. I, I, I kind of got to give some credit there because usually they're being raped in women's prisons by trans women uh, from in, in Europe, that in Canada, from some, some of the things we've seen. Uh, yeah, I saw this. I saw this this week and I was like like did anybody think this wasn't going to happen the guy has a penis they have vaginas <laughs> things happen those two things go together I, I yeah I just can't even with this one I really honestly Andy the transgender individual with the penis can't be too feminine if he decides he wants to use that penis with one of the female prisoners something's not adding up there Something's not adding up here. Look, this is the social experiment at its best on the left side of the aisle. They want to try and prove their agenda like they do with guns, like they do with the crime, like they do with the the Black Lives Matter, like they do with the defund the police. This is another one. They want to try and prove it through the social experiment of let's put it together. Let's see what happens to prove to the world that it can actually work. And it backfires horribly like it always does. They create a mass shooting to try and get rid of guns. Everybody goes out and buys firearms because they're actually scared of what can happen in their own community. We have defund the police happen people actually want to stand up and become police officers or arm themselves again so that way crime goes down uh, because they're afraid for their communities this is this the exact same thing they try and put a trans individual in there to say oh look 
there's no issues, everything's fine, and you come out with two pregnant women because, voila, look at that, biology actually worked, and biology trumps the emotional arguments from the left side of the aisle. It's, it's not surprising. It's somewhat comical, very sad, because we have a national debate in our public schools right now to teach second graders, according to the state of New Jersey, on gender identity and sexual orientation. And that apparently is something that's socially acceptable in society now, is for teachers to talk about their sexual activities and to ask the kids if they feel like what their gender actually is by seven or eight years old, which I have a a daughter in second grade right now, and I'd be very upset if she came home talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, But this is the social experiment that they try to prove and their agenda backfires like usual. Trish, this prison houses 800 women inmates and 27 transgender prisoners. Uh, this is probably not um, going to be the uh, end of this. And whether it's consensual or not, Trish, the fact that they're putting these inmates together and they're m- making each other pregnant and now... The burden of all of that falls on the taxpayer. Maybe that's trite in this discussion, but it's another factor in this discussion. Right. Yeah, because now we have a we have a child who's going to be brought into this world who has two extremely screwed up parents and they are not capable of supporting them, not capable of raising them. So who is going to raise this poor child, these poor children now? It's horrible. But I just want to say, number one, all of you are bigots because her penis is very feminine <laughs> and the fact that you will not you will not recognize this just shows you how bigoted and narrow-minded you all are just just for anybody watching i'm totally not serious that was totally sarcastic <laughs> i this this whole thing is absolutely insane to me like I, but in this again it still goes back to the you know the the supreme court nominee who is now on our supreme court which just blows my mind that we now have this woman who is soft on pedophiles who is now sitting on the Supreme Court. I am just, I'm so upset about this. Um, But, you know, she couldn't answer what a woman is. I mean, at least she did admit to the fact that it was a a biology answer. And so for any of us who know, you know, basic biology and actually paid attention, you know, from the time we were in fifth grade, we would know that gender is very, it is binary. You are male or you are female. And anyone who is not one of those XX or XYs it's considered a genetic abnormality. It's not normal. That is something outside of the realm. So it's very simple. And, and it, just, it just like popped in my head another issue with our friend, Mr. James, our black gentleman, Frank James. Um, he went, one of his YouTube videos was a rant going on about um, Judge Jackson, who just got nominated um, by the fact that she is married to a white man. And he was very upset that this black woman would betray her race and marry a black and marry a marry a white man. So it just it's so intertwined now. All of this hate and this identity politics and this it's just it's so intertwined now that we can't even escape it anywhere. Our children can't even escape it now. And that is just to me that's the most disgusting point of this whole thing is that our children are now being exposed to this at younger and younger ages, which is completely inappropriate, and then warping them psychologically. God knows how. So we're going to see the ramifications of this, you know, in two decades from now. Watch what happens with all these kids who are getting stuck through all these liberal indoctrination schools. 
going to be crazy. Yeah, this is the death of a civilization. Uh, it's Samo in our Foxhole chat said asked, what's the percentage of trans inmates in the U.S.? I don't know what it is, but I can promise you it's going to go up as the dudes figure out they can go to women prisons and have sex with them. It's going to go way up when they start figuring that out. And I think they already have started figuring that out. And I think in California, well, California basically all you have to do is say you are and you go. And California just proposed that anybody who identifies as, you know, a gender other than male or female is now going to get paid money. Is going to get yeah. a universal basic income just for identifying as something other than male or female. Yeah. Well, if you wanted another uh, example of how absolutely insane this nation has become. This is a story that's been going on for a while. Supreme Court is going to hear a case of a fired football coach who prayed at the 50-yard line after his football games. High school football coach Joe Kennedy lost his job when he refused to stop praying on the 50-yard line after games. Uh, the Supreme Court is now going to hear this case. The development comes years after Kennedy last knelt for a 30-second silent prayer on the football field at Bremerton High School in Washington State. Uh, Kimberly, he gets fired for kneeling at the 50-yard line and praying. How many people have been fired or canceled for kneeling during the national anthem at these sporting events? Not one. Not absolutely not one. I don't understand if he was doing that. Is was it a high school? You said it was Bremerton High School in Washington State. High school. So a lot of the times the kids will get to get kids would get together and you know sort of do like a, a thing, whether it's a prayer or whatever. They do that before the games or whatever. I don't. As long as he's not forcing the kids to do something they don't want to do, I don't see the problem. I really don't. But of course, some lunatic had to complain because they are bigots against, they hate religion. They want the government to be our God, not a God, you know, not whatever, whoever you pray to as, as a God. But uh, this is, it's, it's disgusting that, you know, something this minor that was probably good for the kids, you know, it just probably settled them down after the game. Hey, you had a good, whatever. And the poor guy loses his job and, and has to go to court over it. Yeah, this article isn't clear as to whether he, he made the students, the, the players do this or not. But here here's this may give us the answer to that question. And the interesting thing, one of the plaintiffs, one of the people that got him fired is this Reverend Gregory Refner, who's the pastor at the Brownsville United Methodist Church in the same town, Bremerton in Washington State. Now, here's a quote from this reverend. He says, Coach Kennedy used his position of power here in the Bremerton School District to put pressure on these local students to participate in a post-game ritual which involved Christian prayer. But here's, here's the interesting part, Andy. It says, even though Coach Kennedy may not have intended to apply that pressure, the fact is there was an impact of it being there. So clearly he wasn't forcing the students to do that. And even if he asked them all to kneel to be thankful for a minute, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to, or they're being forced to acknowledge or pray to a Christian God. They can just be thankful for themselves. Who knows? But again, this shows how insane our left has become yeah it's really sad look here's a little story i was in high school i played football my senior year of high school our principal of our school public school by the way was our football coach and we prayed before and after we prayed on the sidelines before the game and then we pray uh, played a lot of christian schools private schools and after the game we would sit and pray with them in the middle of the field as well 
what the left doesn't understand is, first off, there is no actual separation of church and state within our Constitution. It's not a thing. It was a letter that was written by Jefferson to recommend it was in there, but it was never actually in there. But even with that intent, let's just say that it was in there. That was the intent of when the founders came over, when the when the pilgrims came over, is that they were trying to get away from the oppression of a church in England, the Church of England in King Henry, saying that they had to be this religion or else we were going to execute you and burn you with the stake or behead you or whatever the hell they were going to do at that time. A completely different scenario than us saying, you have the right to practice religion or faith in any way, shape, or form. My school also had prayer at the pole, at the flagpole, like once or twice a year, where the Christian church and the youth group would go and pray on the public grounds there. No one said a word because you could partake in it if you wanted to. You didn't have to partake in it if you didn't want to. It's your choice. Just because it's public ground doesn't mean there's no religion on there whatsoever. It means that any faith can practice any way that they want to on that public ground, whether it's a youth group, whether it's a prayer with the football team, whether it's standing on the sidelines and kneeling to the national anthem. Unfortunately, you have the right to do that, I guess, if you want to, but you have the right to pray or not to pray or pray to any religion that you want to on that public ground. Uh, so to complain is sad and a, a complete lack of understanding of the historical uh, uh, I guess realm and uh, parameters of what that was actually intended for back in the day. Yeah, most people don't recognize separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. It does not appear there anywhere. Um, the other thing here is that uh, Senator Lankford, the Oklahoma senator, Trish, he is uh, actually uh, making an effort to support this uh, this teacher who, again, it's going to the Supreme Court. And he said if Coach Kennedy took a knee during the national anthem, his school would have praised him. But instead, he took a knee after a football game to pray, so the school fired him. Schools cannot pick and choose which type of free speech or faith expression they like or they do not like. And I'll say one more thing that kind of follows up on what Andy said, too, is that I believe... This whole climate change thing is a religion. I believe this whole gender indoctrination thing is a religion. I believe this whole racial thing and most of the things we talk about that is that are considered woke are all religions unto themselves. They're practiced the same way. They're, you, people demand allegiance the same way. They are religions in their own right. And honestly, I think they're much more dangerous than any Christianity. I mean, I, and the fact that you told me it was a, is a Methodist pastor does not surprise me at all honestly i was like it's got to be a methodist or a presbyterian <laughs> one of the two like it, it's going to be one of those two because th the methodist church says they're all going they're all going farther away from doctrine they are moving towards the social gods and that's it it's social gods it's no longer a religious god it is a social god and the social god is what is important now because that's what in the oppression olympics that we have going on in our society right now that's what it's all about you have to qualify yourself and which social caste you fall under so that you can claim your oppression. That's what that's what this is all about. And it's just it's so frustrating. And I hope that that football coach wins because I don't I don't see how they're going to because they're gonna have a really hard time explaining that it's OK if you take a knee for Black Lives Matter. It's OK, if you take a knee for, you know, climate change, it's OK if you take a knee, but not to pray. No, that's not okay. Sorry. If it was Allah, that'd be okay. But since it's God, no, not so much. Yeah, and if he does lose in the Supreme Court, that's going to tell us everything we need to know. It's going to put a period at the end of the sentence as we evaluate all these supposedly conservative judge justices that are on the court, the six to three uh, majority that we're supposed to have that we don't ever seem to win a case with. Uh, Trish, do you want to go around with something or do you want me to keep going? I think you've got um, something yeah, else. Don't you? So I, can, I can do my next thing. Okay, so yeah, so I came across a very interesting um 
graph on Twitter today. Um, it turns out that the CDC has a website. It's called wonder.cdc.gov. And on this website, you can request data um, regarding underlying causes of death. Um, and they just released the 2020 information. Um, so I found this chart that I want to share. And honestly, I, I was a little kind of thrown, thrown back a little bit. I got, I'm going to be honest. So this was the chart I found about U.S. mortality for the ages of 13 to 18. Now, if you look at this chart starting in 2008, it all seems pretty level, right? You know, a lot more children dying, a lot of teenagers dying from drug and alcohol, um, and not so much respiratory viruses, right? You know, but it, but in 2020, this is when COVID hit. Now, if you see the raise in respiratory diseases, not that bad, but take a look at the drug and alcohol-induced death. Holy crapola. So honestly, I think that our government has killed, wait, hold on, why can I toggle back? Ah, JV, I hate this. There we go. Okay, I've toggled back. Okay, so we have effectively killed more teenagers with drug and alcohol than we have saved by locking people down, by taking children out of school. Um, so so I, I'm wondering, Kimberly, what do you think is going to happen when they release the 2021 data for the 13 to 18-year-old crowd? What do you think is going to happen next year? Oh, it's going to be far worse, and but no one's going to talk about it, so it's not going to matter. Nothing's going to be done about it. They're not going to talk about it. Oh, sure, we'll all talk about it, and certain media will talk about it. They will not talk about it. And, you know, I, I've been hearing, this is horrifying, I've been hearing more and more of these stories. Um, a, a teenager just wanted to take, like, a pain med or something, and they were given a pill, and it had fentanyl, and they died. First time they ever tried to take something, I'm hearing more and more of those stories. These aren't drug addicts that are falling off the face of the earth because those guys get coddled by politicians and and have freaking Narcan available twenty you know and at their behest for free. Uh, these are are regular people who are not junkies who are tr getting drugs that are that are laced with fentanyl and that's the crap that's coming over the border freely freely coming over the border, freely coming into our ports. Nobody cares because the Biden administration is letting this all happen on purpose and they want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not say that. They don't care how many people die. I'm trying to behave. <laughs> You're doing a much better job than I am, Kimberly, because we all know that I do not behave when I'm on this show. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, Andy, this led me down a little rabbit hole. So I said, okay, teenagers, so what about the 20-something crowd, right? This is something I want to know. They talked about teenagers. What about the 20-something crowd? Stumbled upon this article, and this just hits close to home because I used to live in North Carolina, that I found an article talking about deaths of active-duty soldiers at Fort Bragg. Um, so I found out that since June... So ending in June of 2021, there were 83 active duty soldiers stationed at Fort Bragg that died in an 18 month period. These are healthy 20 to 35 year old males. Um, and I, I then I found this Rolling Stone article and I never read Rolling Stone because we all know how leftist crazy those people are. Um, so I found this Rolling Stone article um, written by, I want to make sure I get the guy's name right, Seth. Wait, hold on, it's on another page. All right, Seth Harp um, wrote a series of articles about this. Um, 
And his said that only 11 of those were from natural causes. 33 of those, the army classified as undetermined. And then he went on to talk about the COVID vaccine. So Andy, do you remember when they started giving military members the COVID vaccine, started forcing them to take it? Uh, it was right around this time last year, wasn't it? Wow, it was actually December uh, December of 2020. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, like, now we've got, okay, so now we've got all these undetermined cases. Like, I looked at some of the, the, the death certificates from these soldiers. Um, one guy died of um, colon cancer, which, honestly, I find it absolutely appalling that we have a military member who has end-stage colon cancer and nobody knows about it. Like, these guys get physicals all the time. How, how did they not pick that up? So that put off some like red flags for me. And then I found another article that <laughs> just gets better because, you know, this is this is our federal government in full swing um, that since that Rolling Stone article came out, um, they had another nine deaths, all unknown causes on their death certificates. It lists investigation pending or results unknown for cause of death. So I'm. We have healthy 20 and 30 something year old guys just dropping dead for no apparent reason. And the healthiest people that we have in our country, because y'all know there's no way you're getting into the military if you're especially active duty, you know, if you're, you know, morbidly obese, if you can't meet the physical fitness requirements. Um, so I am just, I, I might have to do some more research into this JV because I am now fascinated by how many people are dying at Fort Bragg and we don't know. I mean, they said, you know, suicide might be some of them, they just aren't releasing it. And I'm like, well, if it was suicide, they had 11 deaths that they classified as suicides. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna be interested, JV, to see what happens. So I, I, I don't know if you've heard anything about this. Have you heard about this? I, I haven't, and yeah. I'm curious if it's a, if it's a phenomenon that's exclusive to Fort Bragg or if it's across all our military installations. You know, is this are these numbers equally disturbing in other military uh, facilities? That'd be interesting to know. And I also want to go back to the uh, to the chart that you showed, talking about teen deaths. Uh, the U.S. Life expectancy of a U.S. citizen has fallen for two years in a row for the first time since they've been keeping track of this stuff. And this is why it has fallen. And this is a direct result of lockdowns and social isolation. Uh, these people who forced us into these lockdowns shut down our economy, shut down our social interaction, forced kids to stay home and continue to wear masks in many places. Those people need to be held accountable in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what the right way to do that is, but, but they need to be held accountable for this. They have done more economic and societal damage than than any world war did if you if when you, when you get to the bottom of it. It's really unbelievable what they were allowed to do. And uh, they want to start trying the same damn things with, for climate change. They want to start enacting similar draconian measures to com combat climate change because they're fine with them having all the power. Oh, and we have we have a democrat who's running for governor here in Florida who's now saying that she wants to call a state of emergency for the housing crisis. Yeah, yeah, the state of emergency so thing. Yeah, this, 
the state of everything's emergency. Everything's an emergency. It's, it, yeah, well, they've realized they have uh, unlimited power when they do that. All right, let's move on. Let's get let's get let's get some other things going here. Uh, talking about schools, this one might uh, might be of interest. Tennessee has invited Hillsdale College to help start charter schools as an alternative to woke curricula. I really really love this. This is, sounds like a fantastic idea to me, but Tennessee GOP Governor Bill Lee has invited Hillsdale College to help open charter schools in his state as alternatives to public schools. The Hillsdale curriculum, which is Hillsdale, if you're not aware of, is a small uh, Michigan college that um, that is conservative-based, provides training for faculty and staff for the schools, as well as other assistants, all free of charge, according to the New York Times. They call their lessons the 1776 curriculum. Andy, I love this. I absolutely love this model. And I thought to myself, why haven't we done this for 30 years already? Yeah, we're a little late on the ball here when it comes to trying to counter the public education system, but this is kind of like the whole antivirus on a computer. A hacker finds a way to get around it. We update our antivirus to try and stop it with the malware, and it goes back and forth. The private sector, capitalism, the free market system, we will always find a way to make things convenient, feasible, and economical for the general public, for the mass amount of people. And we're a little late on the ball for education, but we're finally starting to get here. If we can get charter schools if we can get more private schools if we can fight for the school choice if we can start now with people doing the homeschooling or the micro schooling if anybody's heard that where the parents kind of rotate around the street and you got 10 kids that bounce around to the different school or uh, bounce around to the different houses every night and the te- and the the, the uh, parents teach them something a little different with the micro schooling we're finding alternatives because we're starting to realize that the government is so deep and so corrupt that we're, it's really difficult to fight and sure we're getting on school boards right now to try and change things but it's hard and you can't do a whole lot so between magnet schools it's wonderful between charter schools that's partnering up with conservative university that's great you get into higher uh, uh, higher education now you're seeing education drop with enrollment to universities because they're tired of the expense and they're tired of the liberal garbage so what's happening trade schools on the way up because you can work out you can get the experience you can get the trade the certification and go out and start making some money and actually have a steady career we're finding alternatives it took us way too late to do this but you're right i completely agree i absolutely love these ideas and i hope it flourishes yeah kimberly uh, in the 90s and i'm not trying to say i was a visionary because i wasn't but i was also very very concerned i was very active in the republican uh, party in the 90s before I actually ran for office. And I kept saying to my fellow Republicans, and if we allow education to become completely controlled by the liberals, we're done. We're done. And and Republicans just seem to not want to touch it because anytime you criticize the teacher, it was a third rail topic and you would be electrocuted by it and you couldn't. And they allowed it to happen. And now we're in this mess. This Hillsdale College curriculum that they're going to create charter schools around is inspired. And this is a quote from Hillsdale, inspired by a deep admiration and respect for America's founders and the principles they expressed. They teach that. America is an exceptionally good country. Amen. And it's about time, Kimberly. I totally agree. And the real downfall of our education system was when we allowed them to unionize. We should have never allowed public teachers to unionize. That's one of them. And then, of course, creating the Jimmy Carter, that stupid rat bastard. The Department of Education. That was a huge. Hey, other he just mistake. climbed. He's just climbed up a notch in the uh, in the list of presidents because Biden is is out Jimmy Cartering Jimmy Carter. 
This is true. This is true. But um, when you, they had that ability to control um, the schools more. I mean, they what what the union started, I think, in the seventies, right? And then they started demanding more money. They said, "Oh, if you give us more money, the the test grades will go up." Well, that's not true. The test grades always remain flat, even though we increased spending on public schools by over three hundred percent. But they had the control. Like, not all teachers, obviously. Are, are like that, don't want to teach that curriculum, just want to teach the kids what they're there to teach the kids. But you have these other people, you see what all the crap Randy Weingarten did, involved with, with making policy from the CDC about our kids wearing masks or whatever. That's the kind of control they had. And you're right, we let it happen. That's yeah. why we're in the position we're in now. So, Trish, there's a quote in here from Sean... Willens, who is a Princeton professor, and uh, it comes after uh, the headline, not the headline, but the sentence reads, critics of the 1776 curriculum say it has has an overly positive take on American history. And this uh, Sean Willens says, quote, it talks about the enormity of slavery, but in an almost but in almost every case, everything that's bad about America will be undone by what is good. Almost literally, literally, that American ideals will overcome whatever evils may be there. Now, he's being critical of this, saying that. And I say exactly that's the beauty of America, is that our ideals do overcome any past sins or past transgressions that we were too oblivious to recognize were at the time. Well, and I think I mean, that just shows the level of ignorance of this Princeton professor. Because... If anybody who's read the, found, the documents of the Founding Fathers, they know that the Founding Fathers did not agree with slavery. They, they knew that it was bad. They knew it was going to be on its way out. They just didn't know how to put that in the Constitution. So they talk about well, they, that. They knew and if that, they put it, it in the Constitution, they knew if they put it in the Constitution, they wouldn't get ratification by all the states. But they, you're absolutely right. They right. knew it was going to have to be addressed. They knew it was going to be on its way out. And guess what happened? Oh, it went out. So how is that not a positive? Like, I mean, to me, that is a positive. We should be teaching that. We should be teaching our kids the fact that our founding fathers knew it was an issue. They knew it was something that was going to have to get addressed. It was addressed. It was horrible and it was bloody and it cost hundreds of thousands of American lives. But we addressed it and it is now not part of our society. And it hasn't been part of our society for 150 years. So I don't know why. We keep living in the past. And I think that's my biggest issue with all these social warriors that are coming out, especially in education. And listen, I can talk about that for, I give me a whole show. I can talk about all the horrors of education. Um, but it's, it's stuck in the past. They want to live 150 years ago and they don't want to teach our children today about how great it is and how many opportunities they have because of what happened 150 years ago. They never teach that. They always teach them, oh, Slavery's bad. White people are bad. Bad, 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 bad. You're oppressed. You're oppressed. Bad people are the oppressors. Like, that's all you hear in public schools. And even in the colleges. I mean, I still hear it. At the college I work at, it's the same thing. And a lot of this is, unfortunately, Kimberly's right. It's the unions. Like, when I taught public high school, you had, even if you didn't join the union, you had to pay a fine for not joining the union, which was the exact price of the union dues. Tell me about what's the logic there. So you're finding teachers if they don't get on board. 
It's horrible. It's at, what, what has happened in education is a travesty. And honestly, I think we need to go back. This whole movement of funding students, Corey DeAngelis, I love that man. We need to fund students and not failing systems. We have continually pumped millions and millions and billions of dollars into public education to get lower test results. Tell me how this works at all in any kind of business model. It doesn't. You don't throw money at something that isn't working. You ditch it, you start over, you fix it. But you don't just keep throwing money at it and think it's going to improve. The public education system is a fiscal black hole that is giving us lackluster, at best, lackluster results. It is a complete failure by every measure. And they are making it worse by eliminating AP classes and all these other things they're doing. Um and I do want to point out one, just to piggyback on what you just said there, the the people that are that are uh, impugning American American ideas are actually subverting the very ideas, the Judeo Christian principles that the founders espoused and drew our founding documents from. Those ideas are the ideas that eliminated slavery. If it wasn't for those ideas, there's a good chance slavery would still be far more common around the world than it is today. But the strength of America and the strength of these American ideals is what ended it in most parts of the world. There's still slavery in other places. All right. I've got a couple of quick things. We're going to go around really quickly on these, but I just thought they were worth a mention. Uh, the RNC has unanimously decided to withdraw from the Commission on Presidential Debates. I'm not going to get into this, but the, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, McDaniel, Rona McDaniel, the G, uh, chairwoman who's taken a lot of heat from the RC, RNC says the Commission on Debates, Andy, will not make any reasonable reforms. We all know how liberal the moderators are. We know how liberal the approach is to these debates. The Republicans always go in at a disadvantage. And the RNC is pulling out. Do you think, well, what do you think? Is that going to hurt, help, or are they going to ultimately end up being there and just with some changes? No, I think this is going to be good. I think Donald Trump started this trend with uh, the debates to where they just didn't want to debate him. They didn't like him on the debate stage and they didn't trust him. So they just got rid of it. I think this is a good move. I think Republicans are finally starting to grow a bit of a spine and take a stand and say, you know what? We're not going to take the abuse any longer from these moderators and from the from the hack media and from everybody else that tries to moderate and try and control these debates with these ridiculously stupid rules. We're done. We're not playing that game anymore. We're going to do our own debates. We're going to do it in a different style. And if you don't like that, we're just not going to do a debate at all, which unfortunately will continue to create the divide in the nation without communication or dialogue between the two sides. But we're not going to sit here and take the abuse anymore. So I think it's a good thing. I support the RNC doing this, and I, I hope that uh, this is going to see benefits for the Republicans in the end. Moving on to the next story, Kimberly, um, there's not just one senile Democrat in our in the power in the halls of power of the federal government, but colleagues are very worried that Feinstein uh, is mentally unfit to serve, citing uh, recent conversations. This is coming from Democrats, Kimberly. She's 88 years old. She runs for re-election in 2024. That'll put her at 90, and she has filed for re-election. So, uh, but they're they're saying that in basic conversations, she can't remember, you know, the beginning of the paragraph to the end of the paragraph, what you know, what the conversation is. It's bad. So, so she's like Biden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. For, for fuck's sake, they didn't care when they elected that guy to be the leader of the free world. And he's horrifying, like absolutely horrifying. I know people that are 10 years older than him that are way more with it than he is. Um, 
they you know what they're probably pushing her out because they want to bring someone young in because it doesn't doesn't really matter who they bring in it's going to be a democrat who wins is california you know um they always have mail-in vote mail-in voting you wonder why it's always democrat um but I, I think they just want to push her out probably and just bring someone young in maybe they'll have another squad member to be really stupid but um I just find it amusing that they're saying that about her after and, what we have in the way. And Trish, one more quick story here that I just thought was a little bit comical. Joe Biden's dog has attacked Secret Service multiple times. New information has been released through Freedom of Information Act that says there are 100 pages detailing multiple attacks by Joe Biden's dog, Major. Uh, Major, the German Shepherd, has caused hundreds of dollars of damages. And one agent, Secret Service agent, even called the dog bite issue a plague in the White House. Uh, the funny thing about this is Jen Psaki got up at one point and addressed this and said, oh, he one incident she acknowledged. She said Major was just surprised by somebody that uh, he didn't recognize and reacted like a dog would react. And that was the incident. Well, it turns out there's been dozens of these incidents and this dog doesn't react. It's actually aggressively going after people. The dog's no longer in the White House. But uh, so well, of there you go. Do you blame the dog? <laughs> no. I don't blame the dog. Listen, his owners don't pay attention to him. They use him as a as a as a toy, as a prop for them. They bring him to a, and this is the, this was the one that was adopted. So like who knows what, you know, this animal happened happened to him before he was adopted. They bring him to this new environment where he has all these people that he doesn't know, that he hasn't been and they haven't been trained how to deal with these animals. So it was just a, it was a disaster waiting to happen. And then what does he do? He farms it off and gets a new dog. Like, I'm just going to give it to my, my cousin over <laughs> right. there, and they're going to take care of it. I'm just going to get a new and a better dog and a cat this time, too, because, damn it, we're we're not just dog people. We're cat people. So it's it's just I'm so tired of the use of these pets as props. Like, it's bad enough. They use children as props. They use, you know, the token minorities as a prop. They it's It's just it's all props, and it's so annoying. And you know what? Good for Major. I hope that you got a couple of bites out of those Secret Service agents because most of them I don't like anyway. Uh, one more thing I want to add to the litany of things that I said were, were causing a lot of what we or, or this equity agenda thing. Um, it'd be really interesting, Andy, if when they when this group met on equity and, and racism and all this stuff to come up with this equity agenda, if they would mention at least give a cursory mention to black on black crime in black neighborhoods. Because that truly is a plague, and they don't—they don't even—they don't even mention it, Andy. Yeah, it's a plague of like ninety-seven percent of the crime that goes on within the black community at all. So, of course, they're not going to mention that. When did, by the way, we go from equality to equity? I got to admit, if I was of a minority descent and people were talking about my equity, I would be somewhat offended because isn't that almost reverting back to the whole slavery thing of what your value is and what someone's actually going to buy you for? If we're putting a value on somebody based on their quote unquote equity, you would think that would be some type of red flag popping up within the minority community saying, wait a second, how much is my equity and who the hell's putting that value on me? Because I'm pretty sure I'm valued a little bit more than what they're tagging me as. So, uh, yeah, this is a sad situation that we're even discussing that one. 
And yeah, but they're not going to mention the real issue of the black on black crime, which is 90, 97% of the crime within the black communities. It's only that one to 2% where it's cops or it's white individuals. And even the cops, you know, with the amount of times that guns are drawn compared to the times that guns are actually fired as well as incrementally tiny compared to what we actually see in the real stats. But again, we're not talking reality. We're talking propaganda and emotional arguments. By the way, JR in our, uh, uh, Getter Chat, Jar, one of our guest panelists that rotates through, pointed out Jimmy Carter still has four years of eligibility to be president. So he could make a comeback, <laughs> which is a great observation. Andy, where can people hear your radio show and stuff? Oh, man. So the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. You can sign up on any of your podcast sites. Also, my website at HoosierReason.com. And we live stream every day from 4 to 5 Central Time, 5 to 6 Eastern Time. We're on about seven radio stations. So we're small, but we're growing. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys checking it out. Well, thanks for being here. Kimberly, where can people follow you? GraniteGrock.com, and I'm Conservative IND on Twitter. Conservative <laughs> IND on you Have you been banned recently, or you're in and out no, of trouble, No, I don't get banned on Twitter. No? I, I, got a, I have a blue check, so I think they let me stay. Nice. Because of that, Facebook, I just get banned every every freaking week. Trish, month, I, I can't whatever. keep up with where you are and what your name is, so why don't you let us know here? Well, I'm hiding on Twitter because, you know, I got permanently <laughs> banned twice, so I, I, I'm hiding on Twitter. Um, but no, you can you can follow me on Getter. I'm Vixen95 Trish on Getter. Um, so please feel free to give me a follow there. Is anybody using Truth Social? I can't I'm log in. I, You're still waiting, Andy? Yeah, I'm so I'm number two hundred and five thousand, and I still have not gotten. I the day that it came on, I signed up, and I still haven't gotten activated. It's really bizarre because I when I when I signed up the day it was it became available I was first nine thousand something and the next day I checked it and I was a hundred thousand something and people who were a hundred fifty hundred seventy five thousand something were getting activated before I got activated so it's not going numerically I'm not sure what criteria they're using maybe it's geography I don't know uh, but I have been activated so and I, I have to say I'm a little underwhelmed but maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll change. All right, guys. Thanks so much, Trish. Thanks for co-hosting tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Kimberly. And thanks to everybody who joined us in all the various chat rooms. Please follow, subscribe, share, and come back tomorrow night for tomorrow night's show. We'll see y'all. Bye, summer.